1: Welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts, Chip Patterson, Tom Fernelli,
2: Danny Cannell, and Bud Elliott. It's your call for the best college football coverage from National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the Cover 3
3: Podcast
2: and welcome back to the cover three podcast here
0: on CBS Sports that's Tom Fernelli that's Bud Elliott that's Danny Cannell I'm Chip Patterson coming to you live at youtube.com/ cover three and all across the 24/7 sports Facebook network thanks for hanging out smash that subscribe smash that like come and join us in the chat it is week nine it is trap week. And he's trapped in the closet, but he's coming to us with hot locks ready to go. But before we turn our attention to the week ahead, we do a quick review of the week that was Tom Fernelli, a six and six week. You loaded up the card and you, you finished right at 500. The wins. Or a lock fight win against Danny taking your beloved who's Virginia plus three coming through. Mississippi State team total under 20. Also cash in Georgia Southern plus two and a half. The Arizona State Stanford under 54 and a half. The North Texas UTSA under 72 and a half. And the Washington Cal under 56 and a half. The losses Indiana plus three and a half. Heartbreaker. Uh, Texas Oklahoma State under 61 and a half. Kansas State plus three and a half. The ULM Army under 55.5, Purdue plus 2.5, Utah State plus 4.5. Again, 6-6 six and six on the week, 36-41 and 41 for the season. What'd you learn? What'd you take away?
2: Uh, the only mistake pick I made was Utah State. I was not aware of Cooper Lagaz's injury status going into that game, so that was a bad pick by me, and that's on me. Uh, the other than that, like I'm fairly confident that Kansas State wins if Adrian Martinez is, is in the game the entire time. I, I just thought the way that game broke down, the Wildcats were ready for that one. Or if uh, Walker stays in the game. If, if yeah. Howard stays in, you probably went too. Yeah. And, and like Purdue, I was off on. That was just, that was a terrible start to the game for them and they were never able to get back into it. And then the Texas-Oklahoma State under was done by like the end of the first quarter. So when, when stuff like that happens, it's fine.
0: Uh, I also checked in with a 500 record, record just four and four for me. Uh, it was painful to see the, you and why Latifa goes down UCLA plus six and a half. We've discussed that game extensively. Uh, no need to linger on it, but that was a loss that also took a loss on Texas, Oklahoma State, Kansas State plus three and a half. I was right there with you and ULM plus six and a half, but got some wins though. Ole Miss LSU under 68 Alabama minus 21 against Mississippi State, the Penn State minus four in the whiteout against Minnesota and Duke. Plus nine and a half. Mike Elko might be getting a gift basket from me for uh, for all these dubs and lock wins that we have. Four and four on the week, 38 and 29 on the season for me. Danny, woof. You cashed a lock fight win ECU plus five getting it done on the field. You also get Ohio state team total total over 38 and a half against Iowa, but you were with me right there on UCLA plus six and a half. Other losses include UCLA, Oregon under 72, Texas minus six and a half, Kansas state TCU under 54 and a half Clemson minus 13 and a half Clemson, Syracuse over 49 and a half. The two for one special is a two for one loss. Two and seven on the week, 32 and 41 on the season. What are the big takeaways? How, how are we rebounding?
3: Uh, we're rebounding big. Coming to the closet. It's gonna be the good luck closet. I might be stuck in here for the rest of the college football season if I get this thing turned around. It's been atrocious, it's been embarrassing. Uh, it started off rough on the Thursday night game when Jeff Sims started, did not finish the game. Like that should have been a bad sign, like right from the get go. Just bad juju right there. Comes off the rails. Here's the thing with a two-for-one special. And that's why I like playing two-hands blackjack in Las Vegas. Like, you still can kind of always keep above water. You win one, you lose one. The problem is, if you lose both, it gets downhill and it gets sideways in a hurry. But I'm about to go on a heater. I'm turning.
0: Corner getting turned right Closet. All right, bud. Eight and three on the week follows up a seven and three week. Uh, Last week, the wins were... The Ole Miss LSU under 68, Penn State minus four, right there with you on those. Troy plus three, South Carolina plus three and a half, UTEP plus four, Boise State plus three, Houston minus three, Liberty plus seven. The only losses were the lock fight loss to Danny, UCF minus four and a half, Temple team total over 19 and a half, and then you were also right there on UCLA plus six and a half. That eight and three week moves you. Into first place for the season, 56 and 41, up 10.9 units. Uh, what'd we learn? What'd we like? Uh, shout out to Troy for winning again. Troy is
4: not playing this week. So, uh, you know, really, uh, I, I got to find somebody else to bet on. Uh, but like the lock fight or the, the, the unity, I know what we knew pregame, I'd probably bet that again, right? UCLA just didn't score when they got in the red zone, and Oregon did a great job. So, deserved to lose that one. Holt Aylers looked healthy. East Carolina, and I thought that was noticeable, like notable thirty or thirty-six. We covered that on uh, upon further review, and I felt like this was kind of the gambling guys getting me back for the absolute luck box that I had with that Auburn team total under against LSU a couple weeks
2: back. Uh oh! Oh no! Uh oh, did the gambling gods get Bud? Oh no. Oh no.
3: Oh, no. <laughs> Bud uh, needs to come on in the closet where the internet's <laughs> just right. <laughs> uh, all right.
0: Also, uh, if you remember last week, we had Paul join us as a guest picker. He cashed uh, Syracuse plus 13 and a half. That was a lock fight with Danny. Took a loss in, in an agreement with the dentist on Ole Miss plus two and a half. Uh, cashed on Hawaii plus six then A uh, and M minus three at South Carolina. That was a loss. that was a lock fight with Bud. Bud takes the win against Paul. Uh, also, Paul did not cash the UAB Western Kentucky over 59 and a half. And then his money line Sprinkle, Kansas, plus 297. The Jayhawks uh, fought hard but did not come through. Again, thank you to Paul for uh, joining us. And a reminder to keep your eye out, but starting next season, we will again be offering that up when it comes time uh, for our annual Cover 3 charity auctions. All right. Flush it. Eyes ahead. Week 9. Gentlemen, are y'all ready to lock it up?
2: Let's do it. do it. Since 2005, By the under
3: the games between service companies is 49 and one. You win over in this one as well. Well, two for one special. I was sick sicker last week. Y'all were watching videos. I was live
4: betting the hell out of ULN Kentucky.
3: My blue plate special five star locks are coming. Five star master lock. Lock it up. He's locked.
0: I'm, I'm, I'm living Get things started with Thursday night and Friday night action. Three games on Thursday night: Virginia Tech at NC State, Louisiana at Southern Miss, Utah at Washington State. Anybody gonna take a lock on Thursday night? I will. All right, go for it.
4: I want ULL at Southern Miss. Uh, I feel like I've had a good pulse on this this uh, Golden Eagles team and. You know, last week I feel like they were kind of lucky to beat Texas State. To be frank, they uh, they got that explosive touchdown at the end to uh, to get it. But um, I think ULL has turned the corner here a little bit. I was impressed with their defense against Marshall, and uh, I I think people might be downgrading them for the quarterback uh, injury. But honestly, the backup has been better in my eyes than the starters been. I I made this three, and I betted it open, and it went away from me, and now it looks like it's coming back with the vengeance. So. Uh, ULL minus one for me to get it started for us this week on Thursday night.
0: Nobody wants to get an under in the thirties in ACC action in Carter Finley stadium.
3: I wanted some action. Oh, go for it! I'm I'm switching this puppy around right from the get go. Last week it was. I'm done with action. Give me NC state laying 13 and a half and hold on tight while you do. Yeah, Virginia Tech has been awful this year. NC State versus the spread has too. But I think the difference is Jack Chambers in a bye week, coming off a bye, he kind of thrust into that role, struggled against Syracuse, who, by the way, Syracuse defense, we saw they're a much better team than we thought. I think Jack Chambers, once they get more of a, a feel for him, what they can do, he's going to get more comfortable in the system, which will be running the football. I would actually lean towards the under, but at that 39, 39 and a half, I'm going to stay away from it. I think this game could be ugly, but I wouldn't expect Virginia Tech to put up many more points either. They're 115th in scoring offense, 116th in total offense. I think they're going to struggle. I think this one could be you know, 21 to 3-ish. Somewhere in there. So go ahead and give me NC State laying those 13 and a half. Fight. Oh, that's actually great news. Great news. What's our record? Thanks, Tom. He's trying to help me out.
2: No, see, lock agreements, you and I are dead. But in lock fights, we're two and two. I mean, I'm about uh three and two uh I made this the Twitter tip for the day I wasn't going to lock it up on the show but since you're going with NC State I figure you know for the content I might as well make it a lock I just look at this one as I I don't trust NC State's offense in this situation and I just think that Jack Chambers like when he throws the ball he's got a whole hell of a lot of YOLO to his game (laughs) like he makes some really dangerous throws that I don't think most guys should be taking And I think that's going to make it hard. It makes it hard for me to trust NC State as nearly a two-touchdown favorite in this game in a game in which I expect to be low-scoring, but Chip, I'm not brave enough to take the under where it is. I just think that in this spot, even coming off a bye, Dave Dorn's tendencies, he's going to be more conservative than ever with his backup QB who makes dangerous throws. He's going to do a lot of run game. And I think that Virginia Tech defensively, it's not great. Like the offense is their bigger problem. They are better defensively, but it's – I think that if they're allowed to just focus on one thing, they can do at least a good enough job of limiting the Wolfpack here tonight. So I think it's going to be low scoring. So I think it'll be hard for the Wolfpack to pull away too far. So give me the Hokies plus 13 and a half.
0: I'll uh, I'll go to Pullman where I'm going to be attacking the total. And it's funny, Cam Ward coming out of the FCS was highly touted transfer. He tears it up. We're thinking that this guy's going to show up at Washington State, and we're going to see this super explosive offense. And while he has been the, the focal point of the offense, I wouldn't say that Washington State is an overly dominant offense. It certainly has not played out that way thus far. But I also think that Utah's defense, granted against two very, very good quarterbacks in recent weeks, going up against Dorian Thompson Robinson and Caleb Williams, has been you know, there for the taking. I think that Washington State at home is able to score enough and Cam Rising and this Utah offense keeps rolling as well and this thing goes over. 55 feels really low uh, for a game where I, I respect both quarterbacks and so under the key number, give me the over 55 in the late night Pac-12 game on Thursday night.
2: Best I can find is 55 and a half, bud. You got anything at 55?
4: Uh, yeah, I got... Uh,
2: mm, no, I got 55 and a half. Uh, yeah. I think this got bet. I mean, that's chips just ahead of the moment. You know, he's he's, he's steaming this game up. Right on he his speak.
0: Uh, anything else from Thursday night? Okay. Friday night, ECU headed to Provo. Uh We if anybody's got a pick there, uh, Louisiana Tech at FIU is the other one that we've got. Anybody got any Friday night action?
4: I mean, I, uh, we need to see who's playing quarterback for law tech because McNeil and McNeil might play downing. I think might be out for the year. So there is some chance that you're taking like the bulldogs are rolling in to South Florida to play FIU with their third stringer, who was actually kind of okay. To be honest at, at the end of that game against rice last week, I, I remember watching, I forgot who they were playing. Uh, just if you guys are betting at home, that's something to watch for here. Uh, I've got something coming on this other game, but I'll, I'll save that for the end of the show.
0: Um, Danny, are you on the desk Friday night? I am.
3: Yeah. A little inside the SEC early, a little inside college football right before halftime, post game. Let's go. This game's Is Amanda be with scintillating. You t- again? What's that? Is Amanda with no, you? T- no, Amanda's not. It's back to Brent Stover. Back to Brent Stover. Yeah,
0: da- Danny's keeping me up on Friday nights. So I'm like, <laughs> you know what? I'll. I'll stay up a little bit later. I don't have any action on this and, game, no lots. And, but I'll, I'll watch Danny on the halftime show.
3: And I'm blatantly stealing Tom Fornelli's content on there, right. <laughs> with, the, with the, not the Zeno, Z yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, let's turn the page to
0: Saturday. One of one of, if not the biggest game of the day. Number two, Ohio State traveling to Happy Valley to take on number thirteen, Penn State. Currently we're looking at Ohio state around 15 and a half over under around 62 is anybody getting in on the Buckeyes going on the road. And what appears to be one of the very few tests on this Ohio state schedule, given the caliber of this team and the opponents that are left.
2: Is it a test? I don't know if it's going to be that much of a test. I said it
0: appears and because it is on the road against a team that. You said yourself they had their best offensive performance of the season against Minnesota.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Minnesota and Ohio State, same thing. No, I, I have a lock for this one. It's not on the spread, although I I I just because I think Ohio State will cover, but Penn State just does such a good job of keeping these games close lately that I'm not going to bet it. But I'm taking the under simply because you mentioned Penn State's offensive, offensive performance last week. When Penn State's at its best this year, it's been when it's able to run the football It was able to run the football against minnesota it's been able to run the football in other games wasn't able to run the football against purdue struggled had to come back and win that game wasn't able to run the football at all really against michigan got blown out of the water there and i don't think it's going to be able to run the football all that well against ohio state so i don't think the nittany lions are going to score very many points like i would also consider betting their team total under but i also think on the other side We talked about it on the show last week. Ohio State's offense was not sharp last week. They struggled mm-hmm. in the red zone. They struggled in the passing game. They finally got things going in the second half as Iowa kind of checked out because the game was over. But I think that this Penn State defense, particularly in the secondary, while there's nobody in the country that's going to be able to match up with the Buckeyes in that aspect, they could do a better job of it than most teams, at least most of the teams Ohio State's going to see on the schedule this year. So I think the Buckeyes will probably struggle a little bit more than we're used to. So I think the total is just a little bit high here at 62. I'm going to
3: take the under. Lock it up. Ooh. and give me the Nittany Lions. James Franklin has never lost by more than 14 points to Ohio State in his tenure there. Now, he hasn't won. He hasn't been great either, but I think a lot of the points you hit on, I think Manny Diaz – is going to figure out a way to pressure C.J. Stroud somewhat. Now, I don't think by any means they're shutting down this Ohio State offense. But I thought the Iowa game was interesting. They were kind of sputtering along. They had those three drives. They had to settle for field goals. I think Penn State could even frustrate them more, create some turnovers. We did see the turnover last week. Like, oh, what happened there? And I think if you hit C.J. Stroud, he's like every other quarterback, and he doesn't get hit that much because they're so good and then get rid of the football. And I totally agree with you on the secondary – is going to be one of the better secondaries they will face this year. I think this is a better matchup for Penn State than Michigan was, where Michigan just lined up and said, we're going to throw it, we're going to cram it down your throat, and they struggle with that. Now, Ohio State might do that, but that's not what that's not who they are. That's who Michigan is. Plus, that game in Ann Arbor, this one uh, in Happy Valley – I think it's too many points here in this kind of rivalry game. I think it'll be a good crowd, too, despite I don't like the noon kickoff. I wish they could do a whiteout. I don't know why they only do a whiteout once a year. Why can't you do it during the daytime? I have a lot of questions about that, but one thing I don't question, Penn State's fans will be loud. They'll be ready to go. It'll be a hostile environment. I think that could slow down Ohio State's offense.
2: Big dude Saturday. I,
0: the whiteout during the daytime, I don't think it pops as much as it does at night. Is the stripe out? It's the stripe out. Yeah. Yeah. Is that going to pop? It'll look fine. (laughs) Anybody else uh, got any action on this game? And as you mentioned, James Franklin, not great at beating Ohio State on the field, but fantastic at cashing these tickets at the window. Uh, Penn State covering in this series more often than not since Franklin took over in the Nittany Lions. Anybody else got any thoughts or action here?
4: I I made it 59, so I'd like, I need like another point to bet it, but I I think that's probably the side I would be on. My one real concern here with betting under is if Penn State just knows its run game is dead in the water and comes out and says, Hey, we're not trying to keep this close. We're trying to just win the ball game, which I mean, obviously, no coach is ever going to admit you're not trying to win, but some of these coaches do coach to expectation. I I think James Franklin's going to try to win this game, Mm -hmm. right? Like, he doesn't have any job security concerns. If they get blown out, Who cares? I mean, he's owed like 70 million and they should be a pretty damn good football team next year, I think, based on the age of this roster. So if they come out chucking a lot, then that's how we lose this total. I think if Penn State tries to establish the run early and all that kind of stuff, then
2: I think we're the right side. Franklin did say in his press conference yesterday, he said, if you're going to beat this team, you need to try new things in all aspects of the game. So I think that means he's going to be pulling some uh, tricks out of the bag just to see what he's got. But going back to the wideout thing. Maybe they should do it during the day because maybe if you're the C.J. Stroud and you're dropping back to pass and you're looking down the field and you see right. a bunch of Penn State defenders wearing white, blending in with all white in the crowd as the sun's
0: shining off it, maybe it gets a little more harder to find your guys. Reflection to blind the opposing quarterback. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good ideas here on the Cover 3 podcast. All right. Turning our attention to the SEC on CBS Game of the Week. It is Florida and Georgia in Jacksonville. An environment unlike any other in college football. A house divided. 22 and a half is the spread in this rivalry game. Georgia heavily favored against the unranked Gators. 56 and a half is the total. Anybody getting in on this? Under.
2: Under. Yep. Oh. Yeah.
0: Oh, you too? Yeah. Let's go. No. Uh-uh to first of all, Georgia unders, right? I mean, just roll the ball out there. Like Johnny Jones used to do for the LSU basketball team, you know, just sure, Georgia unders we, we can get to the NCAA tournament like that. Um, I also think that when you look at Florida, it is a team that what they do best is run the football with their running backs, but also with their quarterback and Anthony Richardson. And they do not have a, a really dynamic downfield passing attack. I'd, I see this being a, a situation where Florida's best chance to not get blown out is to try and put together long drives as much as you can, You know, maybe dink and dunk, little piece, play some field position. And, and this is shocking to say in a rivalry game, look-ahead spot for Georgia, where Georgia yeah. just wants to get up and then put this thing in cruise control, end it as fast as possible with Tennessee on deck next week, a game that will be more exhausting than this one. So, yeah, give me the under 56 and a half.
2: Yeah, I'm with you. Like I, I agree, especially on the part about once Georgia gets its lead in this game and gets this one done, it's got bigger fish to fry next week against Tennessee. It will park it and just get through the game. And I also think you mentioned like Anthony Richardson is at his most dangerous in the Florida offense when things break down and he scrambles and he makes things happen. He extends drives. It's a pain in the butt for other defenses. The problem is... Anthony Richardson usually isn't facing other defenses that are full of 11 guys that are just as big and fast as he is. And that's going to make it more difficult for him to scramble and get those kind of yards. I think Georgia's going to be able to kind of keep him in the pocket, force him to beat him from there. And I don't know if he's going to be able to do that consistently. I think Florida's offense is going to struggle because of it. And like you said, Chip, I think once Georgia gets its lead and this thing's over, they're just kind of going to pack it in and get ready for the Vols.
4: My my one concern is like it's not that Georgia went all out aggressive when it played Oregon. And Oregon's defense is pretty similar to UF's in terms of defensive effectiveness. So I, I bet over here at open, uh, 51 and a half. I'm, I made this 58 and a half. Like, I, I think that Georgia could have, you know, 40 with 10 minutes left in the game. And my other problem here is like, A, Napier really coached to win the game, not just keep it close against Tennessee. And so if he does that again, like coaches that go for fourth downs, I, Adding points to their total because it makes them more likely to win the game and increases their point expectancy. So, if he's doing that, they may score another touchdown because they convert, and they may also give Georgia the ball at the forty one time. So maybe Georgia gets one. Also, do you trust Richardson not to throw a, a pick six in this game? Because I don't. I mean this is the this is the game that got Mullen fired last year, right? Because they it was close up until half, and then two defensive slash you know scores or, or scores set up by defensive scores that. I see where Chip's going with this, though. So it makes a lot of sense. I, I can't bet over 56, but you know, I
2: I don't know, man. Something what if they what if Florida scores it all? Georgia 34, Florida seven.
0: Yeah, that's the score, that the last score of last year. year. That's LSU, why
3: LSU had touchdowns why. on their first seven drives and they were all over 50 yards. That's why you take Georgia and you lay the points and you don't sweat the total. Give me the dogs, lock it up. Lay the points. Last year, you mentioned thirty-four to uh, seven. I think Georgia's figured things out a lot. Uh, there was that bump spot, you know, the little rough patch with Kent State, and then almost losing to Missouri. They bounce back, and I know it's our guy Barton and Vanderbilt fifty-five nothing. I think the offense has a chance to get a little bit healthier. Uh, this is a game. I mean, Kirby was talking about the home and home stuff. He knows the importance of recruiting in this game. I think he wants to put on a show. I don't worry about look-ahead game and a rivalry game. I think they want to show out. I think the Oregon, you know, win looks even more impressive. I think that's the version of Georgia that you'll get in this one. I think they, will, I think they blow them out.
0: Also, in the three thirty p.m. Eastern Time window, number nine Oklahoma State going to Manhattan to take on number twenty-two Kansas State. Uh, both teams coming off, uh, actually not both teams coming off. Both teams with one loss, excuse me, in Big Twelve play. So, as we continue to look at the Big Twelve title race. Has a little bit of a feel of an elimination game, potentially, or at least one that will be very, very important come the end of November. Kansas State currently listed as a a one-and-a-half-point favorite over under around 56. Injury questions abound with this matchup. Anybody got any feels or a lock that they want to put on the record?
4: For me to take this, what's that? What's the total on this right now? 56. 56. Do we we think Wegman's playing, right?
0: What Oklahoma State and Kansas State?
4: Oh shoot! I'm sorry. I was looking at wrong wrong number. Uh, yeah, give me Kansas State. <laughs> Did you mean
3: Adrian Martinez? Is that yeah, talking? I was I was looking at my wrong set of notes here. I was like, wait, what? That is the question too. Is Adrian Martinez playing? Because I think if he is, then I love your side. I'm I'm cool with Howard playing. I, I Howard's question.
4: to you.
2: <laughs> Exactly.
4: Yeah, He's but I, 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 think, ha, like, I don't think they're going to be out without both of them. If they do, I'll take a loss. Uh, but I'm, I'm okay with that. Uh, I think that that Kansas State is the right side here. I think they're going to be better on the lines of scrimmage. And uh, man, Oklahoma State has had just such a game effort. We, we, we got a lot of crap from their fans for saying they were not a legit top ten team, and I, I think that's accurate based on what we've seen. But they're a Top 20-ish level team, maybe top 15, and they have played really hard and really smart over the last couple of weeks through a bunch of injuries. But now the injuries keep piling up. They got you know guys banged up again on the offensive line. If you watch the end of that game, they had another dude go down there on the O-line. One of their best DBs looked like he had a to me, it looked like a a real leg injury at the end after he made that pick. So I'm just wondering at some point, does it catch up to you, man? Like, like that's a lot of hard games in a row all the injuries piling up. I know Kansas state's got some guys out too, but I'm, I'm going to ride with, with, uh, with K-State here in Manhattan.
0: In general, if Adrian Martinez plays, I think Kansas state probably wins this game, but the, the questions all over the, the status of not of pretty much everybody involved in that offensive backfield has me falling short. I don't know, but do you think this number would jump at all? If all of a sudden we got some confirmation, like I I don't even know I if think would, I think change. the number
4: implies that, that Howard is going to be able to play. Like, I don't think there's no way in hell, based on what we saw last week, that Kansas State would be a favorite if the betting markets believed that it was the number three guy. So maybe it's some sort of like odds hedge where it's like, hey, what are the odds that both are out? That that could be, but I think this number probably implies it. By the way, I can I think- get uh can I get minus one? We got a couple of minus ones out there just in case they I can get push protection on that. Yep. Um
3: Okay, you know States what I'm saying also- like banged up too. They got a lot of injuries. Mm-hmm. yeah
0: tough I mean a, a game of survival uh, in Manhattan as as they do tend to be. A, any wind report? Uh,
2: mm-hmm. Not off the top of my head now. I don't have anything available in front of me, but I will say I'm not locking anything up, but if Adrian Martinez does start and we see this line move in Kansas State's direction, I will bet Oklahoma State. If Will Howard is starting and the line is still Oklahoma State getting one and a half or two, I will bet Oklahoma State. I'm just not going to lock it up at this number. I want to know the situation before I bet it.
0: Oklahoma State. uh,
2: Texting Tom to save the juice. (laughs) (laughs)
4: Um,
0: All right, in prime time, number three, Tennessee back in action at home. Hosting number 19, Kentucky, beer barrel rivalry. The Wildcats come to town again ahead of that Tennessee-Georgia game that we've been uh, had our eyes on as soon as that knuckleball of a field goal went through the uprights, and those uprights went into the Tennessee River. Tennessee favored by 12.5 in this game, over under of 62. Anybody got a lock? And if we don't have any locks, then let's definitely get some thoughts on one of the biggest games of the weekend.
2: Oh, I've got a lock. Let's go. Give me the vaults, Lay them all. I do not care. Kentucky's not going to be able to keep up with this game. How like how is how are the Wildcats with an offense as bad as it's been going to keep up with Tennessee, who put up 52 points on Alabama and is putting up at least 40 on just about anybody? They walk on the field and they score 40 and on the other side of the ball. Like they're good defensively and where are they at their best defensively? in the run game what does kentucky what's the only way kentucky really has to beat you is by trying to run the ball at you but they haven't been very good they have to depend too much on will levis you know kind of yolo shots deep down the field and when they connect kentucky scores but they don't connect often enough to put together consistent drives and put together enough points on the board and furthermore tennessee ranks 10th nationally in pressure rate against opposing quarterbacks kentucky's offensive line i think was 106th nationally in pressure rate allowed doesn't strike me as a very good sign for Will Levis. He's going to be running for his life a lot in the pocket back there. I think Tennessee is going to win this one comfortably. And it's going to be a similar situation to Georgia. They're going to get out ahead early and maybe they take their foot off the gas to, you know, get ready for Georgia. But as we saw last week, Tennessee's, it was covering against UT Martin, took its foot off the gas in the second half, really kind of stopped playing. UT Martin scored to cover the spread. And what did Tennessee do? It immediately went back to 100 miles per hour on offense to make sure it covered the spread. That's a coach who knows what he's doing. So I think they're going to cover the spread against Kentucky too. It's a rivalry.
4: I mean, this game was, what, 45-42 last year? Mm Mm-hmm. That's that's huge. I I, You know, I look at this. Tennessee had, what, a 71-yard touchdown pass, a 72-yard touchdown pass, a 37-yard touchdown run, a 58-yard pick six basically all their scores were explosive in this one. My guess here, and this is just a guess, I would need a couple more points to bet this, but Chip has for our thoughts if we don't have an actual bet. Mm-hmm. I bet you that Mark Stoops plays this very conservatively on the back end and says, Tennessee, like, show me that you can execute in the red zone against us over and over again. Because defensive coaches who get embarrassed by just allowing explosive plays constantly probably don't want that to happen in back-to-back years. So I, I do lean under here. Um, and I think that Chris Rodriguez is one of the most efficient backs in the SEC, despite the fact that Kentucky's offensive line has taken a bit of a step back this year. He he does a great job of not getting stopped behind the line of scrimmage. I, If this steamed up again, I would probably take some Kentucky. Uh, but at 12 and a half, it's just not enough for me. I I, I want the two touchdowns.
0: So yeah, you know, if he got to 14, you would maybe take yeah, some I, I would, Yeah, at
4: 14, I'm taking some Kentucky. I think you have to.
0: And if this got to 63 or over, Not have to,
4: but you know, would you I, I would.
3: take the
4: under. Yeah, like 63 and a half. I, I would take under.
3: Dan, you got any thoughts on this one? Yeah, I I'm a little nervous for Tennessee. You know, last week felt like the hangover game, but they came out 52 to 7. But I think I think Kentucky, they've been really good with stoops against quality opponents. I think what Bud is saying, like force them to drive the length of field, don't give up the big plays, see if you can frustrate. Hendon Hooker, if you can pressure him, uh, run the football against this defense. I mean, as great as we're talking about ten, uh, Tennessee, and they've been great, and they've been a story of the college football season, Pitt had them in overtime with a backup quarterback. You know, like they are susceptible. That offense is scary, though. That's why I'm not going to touch it. But if it gets, I'm kind of with Bud. I was tempted to just top here and take Kentucky here with those points, but I would wait. If it does get to 14, I'll take it during the game. Or Georgia right before the takes
2: game. one show off, you guys just abandon ship. I swear to God.
3: <laughs> <laughs> All right,
4: <clears throat> you know we know this show's getting popular. We have yeah. people tweeting me immediately about Tennessee's red zone stats. Which, yeah, I get they're great, but most defensive coaches are going to be like, I'm not going to get embarrassed hey. and allow five scores of 40 plus again this year. So. I'm, I'm going to dare you to be that great in the red zone again, which they may well be, because Hendon Hooker's like 100 years old and
3: super experienced, and they don't really miss down there. But Will Rogers was lighting up the SEC, and then only put up 17 against Kentucky. And I get this offense isn't exactly the same, and I get that Hendon Hooker's more mobile and can do more, but they did a pretty good job against that offense.
2: I think fans, Bud Elliott, that- three. Let them know those red zone numbers.
3: Yeah, I, I lean,
0: I lean Vols, not a lock, but uh, but definitely a, a lean for me. Coming up on the other side, we open up the board. All of Saturday is available. We finish out our week nine locks and Moneyline Sprinkles.
1: Next. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half.
0: Sometimes you know when when your life is is all over the place. When when you got work being done at your house, when you've got to travel, when your schedule is getting intense, it can be difficult to find the time to have that regular routine uh, to keep your workout regimen going. But that's where Peloton is always there waiting for you because Peloton's not just about bikes and treadmills or just one time for a class. It is a team of instructors that are ready to motivate you twenty four seven. Because with Peloton, there are literally thousands of classes ranging from strength training to yoga, running, biking, boxing. And it means that Peloton is the perfect non judgmental space to experiment with new types of movement at a level and a pace that feels good for you. That you don't have to be in one spot in your workout room, it can be anywhere. Danny, I know you've been talking about being able to get these workouts in on the road. I know that we got you trapped in the closet right now. It looks like you've got enough space to be able to get in a Peloton workout. What have you been enjoying from the Peloton community?
3: Oh, so I got another instructor for you. Adrian Williams on the strength classes. That thing, my wife looked at me the other day and she's like, you know, you're getting a little soft. Where's the muscle? Where's the definition? So I had to take that as a personal challenge. So I've been doing more of the strength challenging workouts where you go in. They do the same thing, great music, but they give you, they walk you through. You can do a 10 minute workout if you only got 10 minutes, 20, 30, hour, whatever you look for. It's always good stuff. And I believe he played college football. I'll find out for you. All right. Tom, what have you been getting into uh, in
0: Peloton recently?
2: Uh, I've been sticking with my Power Zone endurance rides. And yesterday I did a 20 minute 90s rock ride, which is really, you know, a nice little trip through memory lane there of high school, really got me pumped up and ready to go. And it was funny as I was on the bike, I was thinking, obviously, You want to get on the bike to stay in shape so that way Danny's wife doesn't think you're getting soft in your old age. But the other thing that came in my head as I was riding the bike yesterday was how much in a better mood I'm in after I get off the bike compared to when I'm on. Like when you're you're on the Peloton and you're exercising in general, it's just it's good for your mental state. It helps you deal with the fact that you're currently down nine units on the lock spot this season. Like normally I would be pretty damn sad about that. But after getting on the bike, I'm like, "Ah, who cares? I feel great. I'm, I'm having fun on the bike. I'm having a good time.
0: Endorphins from exercise, endorphins from absolutely iconic music, all kinds of music, all kinds of classes, whatever you're looking for, there is a class for that. Peloton is motivation that moves you anytime, anywhere. Try the Peloton bike or tread risk-free for 30 days. Learn more at OnePeloton.com. That is one, the word, O-N-E, Peloton, P-E-L-O-T-O-N.com. Learn more at OnePeloton.com. New members only. Terms apply. All right. So far, here's what we've got on the board. Tom is on Virginia Tech plus 13 and a half. The under 56 and a half in Florida, Georgia. The under 62 in Penn State, Ohio State and Tennessee minus 12 against Kentucky. I've got Utah, Washington State over 55 and a half. Florida, Georgia under 56 and a half. Danny is on NC State minus 13 and a half. Penn State plus 15 and a half. Uh, Penn state, Ohio state under 62 and Georgia minus minus twenty two and a half. and is on Louisiana minus one Kansas state minus one. Danny, where do you want to go?
3: Uh, let's go in the ACC where you have Notre Dame traveling to Syracuse as an underdog. I, so this comes down to how much do you trust Mac Brown? Right? Cause Mac Brown talked about hey, Notre he- Dame said, man, this this team is really they're really good. It's one of the better rosters we face. That's the only loss on North Carolina's line. Has seen this. It was one of Notre Dame's best performances of the year when they beat them forty five to thirty two. Then it's been a little bit up and down. I look at the Stanford game. I think that's an anomaly. Notre Dame is twenty two and one against ACC opponents. Excuse me. 20-1 and one in the last 21 games versus ACC opponents. 12-9 and nine against the spread in those matchups. I trust my guy, Mac Brown. And you know what else I trust? That we were on the right side with Clemson last night. I know Paul beat me in a lock fight, but I was on the right side, dang. And if they didn't have that 14-point flip, that turnaround, Clemson would have won big. And I wonder what this line would be then if that wasn't such a close game in the fourth quarter. Love Dino Babers. Love the Dino drop. But I think it comes to an end. Give me Notre Dame. Lock agreement.
2: I'm with you. It's partially the Notre Dame history against ACC teams in the last years. But I also think that for an Irish offense that has really struggled all season long, like Syracuse is really struggling to stop the run. And I think this is finally the week where maybe the Irish who have struggled to run the ball themselves a bit, can finally find some room for success on the ground and get something going on the road. I think they will be wanting to lean on it. And I also think these are both two teams that have solid defenses. So I expect this to be a low scoring close game where neither side is really capable of getting away from the other one. And I also have some concerns, injury concerns for Syracuse in the secondary, if they might be missing a few key guys that I think Notre Dame could possibly take advantage of if that's the case. So I think that this is something of a coin flip most of the time. And I, I kind of like the money line, but I like the spread better because I think this is going to be a one- or a two-point game. and Maybe it finishes at three, but I think it finishes lower than that if Notre Dame doesn't win outright. So give me the Irish plus two-and-a-half. I I think that's the right side, and I want to bet it, but just this
4: offense for the Irish has looked so bad in recent weeks. I mean, they had – I think they were at, what, like three points per possession inside of of, of UNLV's 40 last week, and UNLV gave them the ball constantly – And you, you like they couldn't do anything with it. That's a tough defense to read, and I'm just worried that. Did you guys know? And credit to my buddy Bill Conley on this. Notre Dame, Tom, you'll love this stat because, of course, they don't need Avery Davis. Uh, They are dead last in the nation in percentage of passes thrown outside to outside receivers. One thirty-one out of one thirty-one. So, do we know Williams is back for QCU? He warmed up last week and didn't go. Like my worry here, if I'm betting Irish, is. They lock down those outside receivers who aren't any good. They make Pine read difficult, complicated defense on the inside, and Syracuse gets enough turnovers where they're getting good field position. And then Notre Dame's got to play from behind and just, I don't know. If I get three, I'll probably just bite the bullet and do it. But, you know, uh, I can't do it right
2: now. Another thing that concerns me about Syracuse in this game, like, We've seen Syracuse's offensive line and pass protection has not been great. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but against the pass rush, I think they have a pressure rate that's not, you know, in the bottom third of the country. Notre Dame's defensive pressure rate is actually pretty high. And I'm wondering, too, just like body blow theory, after having to deal with Clemson's defensive front last week, you get Notre Dame rolling in this week. Mm. Just wonder if that offensive line might struggle a little bit on Saturday. I think it could, yeah.
0: Um, little all, all unders here, by the way. Alt under. <laughs> yeah.
4: Like I, I think there's some alt under action here. Like I'll, I'll, I'll be betting some alts in, in the thirties.
0: You beautiful. I stand <laughs> by you. Me- oh, that makes me happy. All right. Look, there's a lot of what um this, this next pick goes in line with uh, Notre Dame. It goes in line with Mac Brown. It goes in line with what we saw when Notre Dame went to play North Carolina earlier this season, because uh, Notre Dame lined up and brought a physical rushing attack and ran right through North Carolina's defense. Then we saw on the other side, Drake May, one of the best quarterbacks in the entire country, was able to answer somewhat, mostly late, with the game out of hand, but put a bunch of points on the board. And that's why I'm looking at Pitt going up against a North Carolina defense that, like in that Notre Dame game, is coming off a bye Uh, And like in that Notre Dame game, we'll be using a a physical rushing attack. Only this time, it's one of the best running backs in the ACC. Izzy Abinaconda is sick. He's got a physical rushing style and he's got an explosiveness. And I think that that's going to be a problem for North Carolina, not only based on the way it's performed so far to this point, but one of Bud's favorite North Carolina Tar Heels, Ray Vahasek, he's out for the rest of the season with an injury. That is a veteran defensive tackle who is very, very important to their effort to stop the run. That means a lot of youth, a lot of inexperience will be counted on to try and be a part of that run defense from North Carolina. I think Abinaconda uh, has a big day, gets us a couple touchdowns. I think that Drake may answers with a whole bunch of touchdowns. This thing ping-pongs back and forth and goes over the total of 64.5. Uh,
4: yeah, Chip. Wait, wait, sorry guys, I'm a little, a little sideways today with this. Yeah, Chip, uh, play the music. It's lock agreement. So I, I took some of this 6 two and a half and open. I still think it's probably good, like 65 and a half, 66. Uh, importantly here, Pitt is bottom 10 in the nation in passing explosiveness allowed. So they are one of these defenses. It's like, think back to when Michigan State would lose under Narduzzi. They would challenge teams to beat them deep, and then the teams that would beat them would answer that challenge. And who is better doing that than North Carolina? I mean, Ohio State, Tennessee, and I'm not sure who else. So I do think North Carolina will have success, though, in the football deep here. And uh, I think North Carolina's defense will probably give up some explosive rushes. And uh, I think that – I thought about betting UNC. I took a little two at open. I just – I feel – I don't want to talk about opens all day, so apologies for that. I'm just thinking, like, three and a half, it gets away from you here. Do you really trust UNC to get enough stops? But I – this game is kind of for the coastal, oh, given how a M- Miami looked last week. Like, if UNC wins, they're going to the ACC title game. If they lose, they still, I think, are somewhat in the driver's seat, but it makes it a little more open, right?
0: So here's the way it runs down: the toughest ACC games left on North Carolina's schedule are NC State and Wake, and you can lose both of those. But if you beat all your division opponents, then you are more than likely going to end up as representing the division. Because uh, currently they have zero conference losses, so this is if North Carolina wins, basically sets up North Carolina to be able to lock up the division. If they get one of NC State or Wake, then I think this thing is absolutely done. It's a massive game for North Carolina, and but I'm I'm kind of with you. I was initially looking at this as thinking that it was a, a total trap game, but vibes around Pitt, no bueno right now. Yeah. I I'd, I'd be. Uh, The only thing that I'm trusting is that Abinaconda is going to be able to get enough explosive runs for us to be able to hit this over. I think May has a big day. Uh, I do think ultimately North Carolina wins. And shout out to not Paul, our guest picker, but uh, Paul, one of my best friends who caught me in the daycare drop off today. Remember Homefield sent us a a bunch of awesome swag. I guess it Mm -hmm. was during last season. And I got a pit hoodie, and guess what? When it's really cold outside, I threw it on. I step out of the car. We both got our kids, and he's like, ooh, on game week, Pit hoodie? <laughs> so I had to apologize. He said he was going to blow me up on social media if he even used social media. So I'll come out here on this platform and take ownership and say, yeah, I was, I was rocking a pit hoodie during game week. It was soft and comfortable, and we appreciate home field apparel uh, for that. So, yeah, give me pit, UNC Pitt over the
3: 64-and-a-half. Danny? Where you want to go? um, Bud, what was your question on Connor Wigman? Curious I think to know. I'm not certain, but I, I think I'm
4: going to start fraying it. That was a non-contact shoulder injury, to me, it looked like for, for Haynes King. Like, he threw the ball, didn't get hit, grabbed his shoulder. You tell me what that is. Like To me, it looks like he threw his arm out. So... I think we'll have Connor Wegman start in that game.
3: Give me the Aggies. Woo. This is a hold on to your hat, too. Like, and if you're leaning the other way, I take an alt line with Ole Miss, like laying ten. But I think you're gonna. I think Texas A&M. I think the you know the wake up call. They got injuries too, but the wake up call of the three freshmen get suspended. I think that's Jimbo trying to send a message to the team that I think is going to resonate in College Station. I think you're going to get their best effort. And I do that. I think they got to figure out what they got in Connor Wegman, who, by all accounts, is supposed to be really special. I think you get a special performance out of him. Give me the Aggies. It's a home dog. I uh, hold on to your hats while you do it. Circle the wagons week in
2: College Station. (laughs)
3: Because
2: it can get worse, as we
3: discussed. Oh, yeah, it
0: definitely could. It can get. I mean, like, I liked Bud's point. I can't remember if you mentioned it on the show or not, but. Ole Miss still hasn't had a bye yet. I mean, they are, they have been rolling through the, they had an easier schedule at the beginning of the week, but this has been a couple of tough challenges in a row. I'm not going to lock it up. uh, Not going to make this a lock fight, but I kind of lean the other way because.
3: I think you should. I think think everything looks like a dumpster fire in college station. Yeah, it, it could get worse. It Mm -hmm. absolutely could get worse. It, It definitely
4: could get worse. Um, I actually have a lock in this game. I well, I, I've had a couple. I, I'm I'm not gonna bet I don't know. This king everybody everybody that I respect keeps betting AM. So I'm. Um, I feel like I'm on an island here
3: with I my hope early I'm week, in that old, group. I really don't know if I here. am with no the, doubt way the record is this Get year.
2: <laughs> no, Danny, you, you
3: betting AM's got but like maybe I should right, Zach, <laughs> I would I'd be terrified if I hopped in the way this thing's going this year. Um but I am gonna play some under here
4: in, in, in this ball game because Specifically, uh, you can run on AM a little bit. Their pass defense is pretty good. Their run defense is somewhat suspect. Old Miss's pass game is not very good right now. And I think they would prefer to run the ball with, with, with Junkins so, or Quinshot. Uh The Aggies' pass game is kind of trashy right now. Like Wegman did not actually look good when he came in that game, he was pretty bad. And part of that was the offensive line had seven false starts, which they probably will only have three or four at home. So, I think they'll run the ball out with A chain. I think Ole Miss will have some success running the football. So, give me under 55 and a half. I think it's yeah. probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I'll I'll take the under 55 and a half. Uh, A&M has actually not scored 30 points in an FBS game in over a year. So, Jesus Christ. Yeah. October 23rd, two, 2021. It's it's kind of nuts. Uh, what does the dentist say? Oh, yeah. Here's we go. So, we have the dentist. He says, the dentist is getting a little bit out there. Like, I, I don't, I mean, I, I do this stuff too. So, like, I'm not going to try to ban what the dentist is doing, but the dentist is looking for a first quarter play on Otto Miss. Uh, the dentist is taking Old Miss Pickham first quarter uh, at, we okay, got minus 115 at that. That's fine. Like, let, let's give it to him. Uh, he writes, uh, I can't even find a line here yet because he sends these late night on, on Wednesdays. Uh, but Ole Miss has outscored opponents 101-23 to 23 in the first quarter. Vandy is the only game Ole Miss has not been leading up for the first quarter. Shout out, Barton. Uh, they seem to do well at, out of the gate on scripted plays and then struggle to score in the second half. Ten total points in the second half against LSU, UK, Troy, and Tulsa combined, which is actually hey. kind of insane. And a nice little pickup by him on, on that trend. a uh, and a train wreck, but Ole Miss will be missing a couple of key players on offense, and uh, they should shut down the offense in the second half. I also lean under 55 and probably under in the second half as well. Uh, so he's, he likes first quarter pick him. I don't think a terrible play.
0: Yeah, I don't think that's a terrible play either. The way that, that Ole Miss offense kind of turtled up against LSU is quite stunning. I mean, a credit to LSU's defense, sure, but for somebody who's intimately aware of the Ole Miss team and how it functions, that might be a pretty spot-on observation from the dentist. That is, after all, why we call him doctor. All right, Danny, one what player
4: else? That, uh, that LSU, by the way, beat AM for on Sunday, Harold Perkins. Stud.
0: Yeah.
4: Like, m- money well spent. Really nice get. That kid is, is gonna be it's like assuming he keeps a head on straight. Three and out NFL. No doubter. He go watch what he did, at Ole Miss. That was special.
0: Coming up on the other side, we turn our attention to Illinois, Nebraska, TCU at West Virginia, and our Moneyline Sprinkles. Next.
3: I got one more. I right. will put in here, and I get to radio. Everyone's like, "Why do you keep leaving? I do have a radio show. I hate that I have to leave. Uh, but I want to get this in here, because I want Tom Fornelli to see it like to look me in the eyes when it happens, because his fighting alumni <laughs> are going on the road as over a touchdown. favorite. We're really at that point. Like I love the story. I love what Brett Bilama is doing. I love the defense. I love the offense as ugly as it looks, but are we really at a point where we trust them to go on the road in a sea of red against a Nebraska team that with interim coach, Mickey Joseph has actually been clawing away. They've been fighting, and I know they lost to Purdue. Call me crazy, Purdue's offense slightly different than Illinois' offense. I think this game could be a little bit more of a bloodbath. Casey Thompson, I think he all he has to do is in on a couple plays, and then it gets really interesting. Give me Nebraska at home. Catch is seven and a half, right? You get seven yeah. and a hook mm-hmm. all day long. Let's see. So Illinois is coming off a
2: buy in which their coaching staff spent the entire time preparing for Nebraska, and Nebraska is <laughs> coming off a buy in which their entire coaching staff was probably busy looking for a job. So yeah, go <laughs> ahead, take Nebraska plus seven and a half. We'll see what happens. Are you gonna fight it? Nah. Oh, know.
3: there you go. I mean, You're Illinois really staff-
2: Illinois has got bigger fish to fry than Nebraska right now, so I think that once they get the lead in this one, they could just kind of sit on it. You you think they coast it? No, but I'm just not gonna <laughs> You are <not> gonna
0: <laughs> lay seven in a hook on the road. Yeah, no, no, no. I,
2: I just meant for the total. Like I, I uh I would, I would take the under before I take the spread in this game, yeah. Because I think that Illinois' struggles in the red zone are real, but also I know that that's what they've spent their by kind of working on trying to address some of those issues. So I wouldn't be surprised if they come out. And they're also getting Josh McRae back at running back, who I think is a big boost for them in the red zone just because he's a giant like bulldozer kid that could help them in short-yarded situations. So I wouldn't be shocked if the Illini are a bit better in that area this week. So Nebraska's run defense is horrid. Mm-hmm. I mean they are like
4: hundred and twentieth in rushing success rate allowed. So I I know Illinois played more up tempo this year. I'm just kinda curious, like, does Brett know, hey, we could push these dudes around? They ain't got nothing. Northwestern pushed them around. So did a lot of other folks. Just gonna control this one, get out of here with the dub, that, that type of thing. I
2: I don't know, but it's I can't understand if we're fighting.
1: <laughs>
3: I yeah, fight. I love fight. how we peer pressure. Screw the overall show record. We'll just, I mean, <laughs> what about, do I have? Yeah. Look at our
2: records, Danny. You and me, we <laughs> might <have to> be <laughs> exactly. in the last place right now. We should fight every single bit.
0: <laughs> Crabs in a bucket bowl in Lincoln, Nebraska.
3: <laughs> <laughs> see you guys. All right. See you, Danny. See
0: you, um, I've got one, two, three, four ish left. I've got a
4: couple, I think. How many do I have so far this
2: week? Four? I've got six left. Oh, (laughs) gracious. But I've added two that I wasn't planning on having in, so I'm trying to figure out if there's any of these I want to cut. Nah, I'm going to keep them all in.
0: (laughs) All right. um, West Virginia hosts TCU. Trap Week officially gets started with Utah at Washington State, but... Trap trap day. <laughs> trap music. Birds in the trap sing Brian McKnight. It all gets started with TCU at West Virginia, where we think that West Virginia will be able to move the ball on the ground. I know we got some injury issues in that backfield, but I still love Donaldson. And I think that this game, like so many TCU games, will go over the total. 69's a big old number, but I think even in a nooner, we go over the total. So TCU West Virginia over sixty-nine.
2: Lock agreement. <laughs> Just don't see a lot of stops in this game. I mean, I, I'm with you. I think I think we could see something of a letdown this week from TCU who finally got through their gauntlet and now kind of maybe goes on the road to play West Virginia in a tough environment. But more than that, I just think matchup wise, I don't see West Virginia getting many stops in this game. And I don't know if TCU, a defense that really hasn't stopped anybody, will get a whole lot of stops against West Virginia in this game. So I think this is going to be something of a, you know, just our our classic Big 12 kind of shootout kind of back and forth affair. So over 69 in Morgantown.
4: It's it's certainly possible. I guess the one way that this doesn't hit is if TCU jumps out early, which is, it has not really done so far this year. But the thing that scares me here is like Blake Shapin was 15 yards per attempt before he got hurt. That Western pass defense just they don't stop anybody. So I'm. Wait, I'll, why would that I'll, scare I'll you? Pass. Well, because it, uh, the the ga- games that, that get out to a big time lead don't go over oftentimes. Right, but because they, they they cut the tempo down. They they.
2: they I don't know if TCU knows how to do that. Capable of doing that, though. Yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> I mean, when was the last time TCU had a big lead? That's fair.
0: Fifty to twenty-one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or 43-42 West Virginia.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Lot lots of different ways this can go. I think all of them involve points. Uh, all right, Tom.
2: All right, I will go with this one because it helps with the pick that Danny had because Danny still had one left. So I will mention mine. I'm taking the Michigan State team total under 16 and a half because Michigan State's offense stinks and Michigan's defense is good and I don't think they're going to score a lot of points, and I would take the spread, but in rivalry games like this one, like this is, with the way Michigan State's season is going, this is their Super Bowl, so I expect them to come out and try to do their best and get as much as they can, but I think that will showcase probably more defensively, where maybe they're not a horrible matchup for a Michigan team that has kind of struggled to throw the ball where Michigan State's biggest weakness is in the secondary, so maybe they can slow them down a little bit, so I'm just going to take Spartans team total under, which kind of falls in line with what danny's doing danny's laying the 23 with michigan he just uh i I believe his words were michigan state stinks
0: and revenge game
2: and revenge game yes
0: which is 100 uh fair michigan state getting that win against the wolverines last year this game in the big house michigan uh to cover the 23 that's his play at a I don't hate hey, it. It's too big a number for a rivalry game, but you are not going to catch me taking the Spartans uh, plus all those points. So, uh, Bud, do you have any read on this game?
4: I, I actually leaned a little bit towards Michigan state here, uh, but I, I would want 24 to bet it. Uh, I, I mean, I think 22 and a half 23 is, is probably a not a fair number. I mean, I would have a slight Michigan state lean. Um, I do think that Michigan state's run defense much better. And, I wonder if the market is kind of like over penalizing them for guys that were hurt at the time. Like if you're going to if you're going to adjust your power ratings for injuries, you need to change it up when these guys get back because your your power system is going to bake in the poor performance that they had when the guys were out. So like you don't want to double penalize, you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. that, that Washington game is still going to hold their average down for the whole season, but they had a bunch of guys out for that. As some of those guys on defense get back, Michigan State maybe a decent play-on team down the stretch. Michigan kind of looks like it's on a mission, though, uh, and I'm a little – I would need 24 to get in front of that train.
0: Yeah, I mean, Harbaugh wants to play – like he wants to take his defense to the next level and run the ball, which I think has Michigan winning this game comfortably, and if you're holding 22-and-a-half, sweating whatever happens in a game that is clearly decided in the fourth quarter. I kind of like, uh, like Tom's read on that one. I am going to go to another trap game. And despite all of my uh, and thanks for that adjustment. Uh, chat, thanks for the shout out. Thanks for the adjustment on the sheet. 68 and a half, apparently, at DraftKings. So pff, we'll take it. Uh, key numbers. This one has moved against me since I uh, locked it up on the early edge college football preview show on Sportsline on Wednesday. But I I still feel this confident in my grind. I'm not gonna be fearful of somebody that is saddling up with hot Cedar fields and taking Louisville against Wake Forest. Sam Hartman is cooking right now. This wide receiver room is deep. And I think that Wake Forest is getting disrespected by a line that is under a touchdown. It was four yesterday. I'm seeing it at three and a half right now. Give me Wake minus three and a half. Dave Clawson is, it vibes are incredible around Dave Clawson and this coaching staff right now. I think that they get in and out of Cardinal stadium with a win by at least a touchdown. It is going to be a challenge. I, I do not. um, I am not ignoring the fact that Malik Cunningham against this Wake Forest defense is going to lead to more offensive success than Louisville's had in a lot of games so far this season. But I still don't think that this offense has been playing well enough to be able to go blow for blow uh, against Hartman and the Deeks. So give me wake minus the short number.
4: Thank you. Lock agreement. Lock unity. (laughs) So last year, Wake Forest defense was just destroyed by injuries. They, They were like Michigan state looking and they still won the game 37, 34 the prior year. Which was was the COVID year, so discounted. Uh, they uh, Louisville won forty five to twenty one. I don't actually remember what happened in that game, but here's one thing I do want to point out on this. I mean, and this is more of a matchups play than a power rating play for me. By the way, just I think the number makes sense from a power rating standpoint, somewhat. But here are the quarterbacks that Louisville has faced this year. Rank them for me, Garrett Trader. And rank from a passing standpoint, because that's how we're going to evaluate what Wake Forest does. So Garrett Schrader, uh, they lost 31-7. At UCF, that's – I mean, I like UCF sometimes, but that kid's basically a glorified running back. Jordan Travis for a half, and Tate Rodemaker for a half against Florida State, who torched them, 35-31. USF, Gary Bohannon, at Boston College, uh, where they came up 34 to Phil Dracovic. Mm-hmm. And at Virginia, which – Probably has the worst offensive line in the league. Okay, Armstrong this year not been as good. And uh, also Keaton Slovis of Pitt, which doesn't even believe that throwing the ball should be legal. So I am a little bit skeptical that this secondary is as good as some of their surface numbers think that it is. And I can't get out of my head Johnny Wilson for Florida State just absolutely sunning Jarvis Brownlee over and over again in that Friday night game. And I think this is kind of the first team they can play Zay Flowers went nuts on these guys. What do they have? Two, two something, and and like the long run as well. So I'm, I think that this is a poor matchup for Louisville, and that Wake Forest receivers will have a field day. So I'm going to go ahead and lay it with Wake, even though my power numbers don't say this is that good of a play. It's more of a matchup
2: style thing. Salty Clawson. Salt Lawson, during his press conference this week, talked about how his team never gets any respect. Talks about how he's sure after all his, like, you know, 40 year old middle aged players graduate this year that they're going to fall off a cliff. He talked about how Sam Hartman's one of the best quarterbacks in the country and he gets no damn respect. He should be talked about more in the Heisman consideration. He talked about how Sam Hartman finished second last year. He was all second team ACC at quarterback. Then, first team guy graduates and he says this guy comes back and he's considered the fifth best quarterback in his own conference all of a sudden. It one was an of- accidental graphic too, by the way. like, And he knows that. The mm-hmm. ACC Twitter re- removed it, redid it. <laughs> but who was one of the quarterbacks ahead of him on that graphic? Cunningham. Malik Cunningham. Oh, they're coming for blood. Oh, Wake is going to blow them out. Louisville ain't that good to begin with. Wake is much better. Deeks by a billion. I would consider a lot of alternate lines. I'd be looking for nine and a half, 13 and a half, 20 and a half. Put a little bit on all of them. Deeks going big.
0: Love it. Love to hear it. All right, Tom, where do you want to go?
2: Uh, well, I got to do it. I'm so disappointed. I might still take an alternate line on it, considering where the line opened up earlier in the week when it was Northwestern versus Iowa at like, what was it? 31 and a half was where it opened. How oh, long? You were going to take under 31 yeah. and a half? I'm, without I'm, a doubt. I'm going to take an alt line un- under 31 and a half in real life, but for the show, I got to take the current line and it's up to 37 and a half because the nerds and their numbers bet it up. Well, thank you for that. I'll take the free touchdown because these teams suck. They can't score points. They're not going to score points. It's not, it's going to be a horrible game. Sure. Maybe there'll be a defensive touchdown. Hell, maybe there'll be two, but if there aren't any offensive touchdowns, it's not going to matter. Give me Iowa Northwestern under 37 and a half because it's what you're supposed to do.
4: All right. So I, I actually made the number exactly 37 and a half, so I'm not betting anything on on the side here. But I think think Iowa's going to score 30 points. I'm taking Iowa, and I'm laying those 11 points, because here's the thing. We bitch about Iowa's offense, and it's deserved because Iowa's offense is hot garbage. But we only do it, really, because we know they're wasting such a damn good defense there at Iowa. Northwestern's offense, I actually have rated as worse than Iowa's. Okay, they just kind of played nobody as far as defensive schedules. I mean, they did play Illinois, so that, that helps you somewhat. Right. But I am, uh, I am skeptical that Northwestern's defense gets any stops here. Also, Northwestern likes to play fast, which means Iowa should have a lot of time. They might get 10 field goals in this game. So I'm <laughs> going to lay – I, I can't believe I'm saying this. I am laying the 11 points with Iowa.
2: <laughs> wow. Here I thought Bud was the sharp one. But he's taking Iowa minus 11 and not taking the under. I tell you.
4: I mean, how much how much worse, honestly, is Nevada's defense than Northwestern's? Not that much. And Iowa actually moved the ball easy on Nevada.
2: And Northwestern's defense is gonna go from like 120th nationally to like 73rd after getting to play Iowa. <laughs> but like Maryland's backup quarterback moved it with ease last
4: week against Northwestern. Northwestern's defense is bad now. Like, like they're not gonna like Pat Doozy can't suit up and play. And, and those old defenses they used to have, they ain't coming back.
0: I, I should have been on top of that because the fact that you're laying 11 points with the Iowa Hawkeyes, that's it's just- time for
4: sicko mode. Let's go. Oh, yeah. I'm a little bit lower on some of the teams in the bottom of the Sun Belt. If things go wrong, they could be like you UConn. That's kind of like sicko mode of a sicko mode. <laughs> they got to circle the wagons and, and they'll play hard. It, it's a, it's a home game. I also think there's a real quit potential for Northwestern here. Like you got to be thinking last week, Northwestern playing the, you know, playing the backup quarterback for Maryland at times. I, I, don't you think that's kind of, and they lost it. I think that's kind of a quit fat. Like, like that was their game to win, man, for the rest of the year. Mm. I, I don't want no
0: thanks under if anything Can't talk, Just, you guys
4: delay yeah. a double digits Iowa. is double that our digits. first p5 sicko mode of the year that's a power five <laughs> sicko
2: mode i mean that's i think probably yeah okay
0: um all right let's uh let me throw this one uh out there and then i think i'm oh i'm not quite done minnesota rutgers under 41 Anyone going to argue with Minnesota Rutgers under 41?
4: No, I'm going to agree with you on it.
0: Like lock agreement? Yeah. Oh, boy. (laughs) Rutgers is pretty good against the run defensively. Minnesota going to run the ball. That defense needs a bounce back after getting shredded by Penn State. And hello, here comes Rutgers. Do we know if Tanner Morgan back back?
2: Don't know because
4: I I'm, I made this 37 with him in with him out. I mean, I think this game could be like in the 20s.
0: Oh, why? Halt under weekend. Seriously. <laughs> uh, all right, I got one left before sprinkles.
4: I got two. I've got a couple. Uh, you mean know, rapid fire? We, we uh we, All right, so. I think there's a couple ways you can bet this. Uh, I already have bet both sides, but the one I like the best to save it for the show. I am taking Stanford under 24 and a half team total at UCLA. Uh, Oregon has the best offensive line in the Pac 12. Stanford is down four of their original starting five offensive linemen, and I have been waiting for a chance to bet against them. I actually took Arizona State last week, and luckily for some reason, Anyway, it was. I think it was the right side. The plus three was was, was nice there. But I also had some over in that game at I think took like 51, like some nice numbers that 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 had some real real closing value. And it never came close. And uh, honestly, like Stanford's offense is not any good. I don't think they're going to move the ball all that well on UCLA. I think UCLA will get up big and then we'll run the football successfully on Stanford and close this thing out. So under 24 and a half for me, all day in this one. One of my favorite ones of the weekend.
0: I like it. I think UCLA blows them out too. So <clears throat> in line with what you're thinking,
4: watch it DraftKings and rivers, by the way, if you guys are looking out there,
0: hit us with another one.
4: All right. Uh, let's take another one. I'm going to go and I faded this team last week, but I'm going to take South Alabama and I'm going to lay the nine and a half points at Arkansas state. Uh, I've been against this Arkansas state team all year. I mean, we know I have the like a lot, lot of kiosk receipts there on Arkansas state, from August, I uh, I think this is a dead team walking with injuries. Now, Blackman didn't even play last week because he couldn't get through warmups. Maybe he does. They had a, a tackle that was injured, went and played in the game, had a PFF grade of 35, so that is problematic. I mean, that's like putting an FCS-level kid in there. Both of the starting corners for Arkansas State went out in this game and did not return, so they were playing some true freshmen and some safeties-ish. I think South Alabama's a good football team. I just think Troy is a really well-coached football team, especially on defense. Like, Troy has sort of a lower-level SEC-graded defense, and they have dropped that into the Sun Belt, and they just cause problems for teams that other teams cannot do. So I don't think Arkansas State can do anything to South Alabama that Troy is able to do.
2: So I'm going to go ahead and lay the double digits Right, I'm going to go quick because Coca apparently has to get out of here soon. I'm going to take t- – Chip, you've been talking about Trap Week all week. I'm taking a trap game right here. Give me Cal plus 17 and a half at home against an Oregon yeah. team. A huge win against UCLA. And now it's hitting on the road. And also, first-year coaching staff, like – I think it's a good coaching staff and I think they're going to be very good. And I think they've done an excellent job, but this is a situation they haven't really encountered yet. So it's going to be interesting to see how they respond to it. I think this is a good spot for Cal plus 17 and a half. And finally under 76 and a half in USC, Arizona, I just don't know where all those points are going to come from. Like maybe USC scores 50 something. I don't know, but I just, I think that totals about five points too high.
0: Yeah, that, kind of principle here Uh, i'm going to go to the pride of cbs sports network a team that will be on cbs sports network the mothership for each of their next three games at a minimum each of their next three games are all at home this is a homestand for jim mora jr and the yukon huskies and they've got an acc team coming to town and this is an acc team that frankly they could win but I don't need you to win when the odds makers are giving me seven and a hook. I'm going to take UConn plus seven and a half against Boston College on the mothership in the noon slate. Give me the fighting Jim Mora Juniors. You don't come into the rent without paying. That's just... Go Huskies.
2: That's disgusting.
0: Are
4: there any sevens out there? Are You going to fight it? Yeah. I, I think Boston College's run defense is fine. And UConn does not have any passing game at all. No, uh, I'm half or eight. No, I'm not going to fight it. Then I'll I'll, I'll, I'll pass. All right, if if people steam this, then I'm going to take some seven.
2: Chip does drive the steam. We've seen that already earlier in the show. He does. Um, Um,
0: Okay, I'm uh, I'm good on locks.
4: I have one more, and it is just absolutely sick. And I cannot believe I'm doing this. But there was a team last year that did, or last week that did something that we have not seen in 13 years. They turned the football over eight times. Their coach threw them under the bus in the post game. We did a video that did like 15,000 views on it. So thank you all. Make sure you like and subscribe on the YouTube channel. But they still got some defensive linemen who are trying to play to get to the league. And Virginia still doesn't block a soul. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to lay points on the road with Miami and lay those two points going to Virginia because I think that Miami has a coaching matchup here that I like because I do not trust Virginia's offense at all. And I think that if they just get normal turnover regression, even like they can play sloppy, just don't, don't be sloppy and unlucky. I think we'll get the dub here.
3: It's time for sicko mode. No, I'm just <laughs> I
2: almost did it too, but now I'm not going <laughs> to.
0: Um. All right. Are we? Uh, are we? We taking it on to money line sprinkles. Let's go. Let's all one. right. To review. Ching, ching, ching. Last week we saw, uh, Boise cash for Tom, and we saw South Carolina cash for Chip. Uh, Danny cashed both Liberty and South Carolina as he continues to be an absolute money line monster. And Bud got Duke against Miami. That has Danny as the leader at 13 and 14 on Moneyline Sprinkles, up 11.62 units. Bud is 11 and 20, up 1.31 units. Chip at 7 and 17, down 2.38 units on Sprinkles. Tom at 9 and 20, uh, down 3.8 units on Sprinkles. Danny's sprinkles are on Auburn against Arkansas, on UConn against Boston College, on Virginia against Miami, and on Nebraska against Illinois. Uh, Bud, what are your sprinkles?
4: Uh, So the first one I'm going to take this week is East Carolina. I I don't really understand this line. I've already bet some on, on, on the side. I don't really know why it's doing this. It kind of scares me that everybody else seems to like BYU, but I'm, I had a good year and I, I get it. So I'm going to go ahead and go uh, plus 140 is the best I can find here on ECU. Holton Nader's look healthy to me. I think it's important. And guys, BYU might just be a dead team walking. I mean, they were terrible. Uh, Hall was six of 22 for 98 yards on passes that went more than five yards in the air. I continue to think he's hurt. Like BYU won't say it, but watching him play, he don't look right. So go ahead and give me ECU to go in on a short week, travel to the West Coast, I just think they can chuck it around enough to beat BYU. All right. Next one here. Better quarterback in this matchup by a lot. Give me Coastal. I I, I understand the run defense is terrible. Maybe Le, LeBorn just runs all over him. But Coastal plus 120. I, I think you have a coach mismatch. I think you have a major quarterback mismatch. Maybe they can just score enough there uh, to get that one done. And staying in the Sun Belt. Uh all right, I'll do it. Go ahead and give me plus 150 on Old Dominion. Uh they did beat, you know, Coastal a couple weeks ago and they were disappointing last weekend. But I I think this is worth a look. So, plus 150 on on OD, ODU.
0: I am uh, I'm with you on ODU and what is the price that I can get on Cal? Oh my <laughs> god.
2: <laughs> I, I should call I
4: I oh man. Um uh, Plus see. 600. Yeah. No, 615 actually is, uh, is the best I see.
0: I'm just saying that would be <laughs> the funniest of outcomes of all the trap games. Because some of these other opponents in, in trap week are you know ones that we have at different times looked at as being a little bit uh, feisty or respectable or, or a team that already has a, a win that would make you think that they are dangerous. Cal ain't that team. It's a bear trap, baby. A bear trap at West Coast brunch. A brunch bear trap in Berkeley. Give me Cal. Plus 615.
2: All right. <laughs> That's, I respect it. I respect is, it. Yeah. I don't see it wow. happening. I respect it. Uh, a big trap, I think. I mentioned it earlier. We locked up the over in this one. But I also, I would not bet the spread. But if I'm going to bet anything on the outcome, I will take West Virginia. Plus 235 at home against TCU. I'm also taking Mizzou plus 152 on the road against a bad South Carolina team that has uh, benefited from some, I don't even know, some weird kind of voodoo. It is Halloween, so maybe it'll continue for a few more days. I'm also with you on Coastal Bud. I just, I did not understand that line when I saw it. It's like, okay, sure, I'll take the better quarterback as a dog. And then I'm also on Baylor plus 115. And finally, my final money line sprinkle here. Another big one. Another line that kind of just stands out to me. Give me San Diego State plus two seventy five at Fresno. Lord, yes, please. Like, I don't
4: want that, but like I do want you to win that in the worst way.
2: All right. For right. futures related
4: reasons, Pera. I would really, really, really like if Fresno could go down this weekend. Pair of
0: backup quarterbacks getting it done uh, there, and that is the, a game I'm excited to check out late night. Uh, for those who are listening at home, a quick review before we get out of here final card Tom has Virginia Tech plus 13 and a half Florida Georgia under 56 and a half Penn State Ohio State under 62 TCU West Virginia over 68 and a half Wake minus three and a half Illinois minus seven and a half Notre Dame plus two and a half the Michigan State team total under 16 and a half Tennessee minus 12 Iowa Northwestern under 37 and a half Cal plus 17 and a half USC Arizona minus 76 and a half I've got Utah Washington State over 55 and a half Florida Georgia under 56 and a half Pitt North Carolina over 64 and a half TCU West Virginia over 68 and a half Wake minus three and a half Minnesota Rutgers under 41 and Yukon plus eight Danny's got NC State minus 13 and a half Penn State plus 15 and a half Penn State Ohio State under 62 Georgia minus 22 and a half Texas A&M plus two Nebraska plus seven and a half Notre Dame plus two and a half Michigan minus 22 and a half Bud's got Louisiana minus one Kansas state minus one Pitt, North Carolina over 64 and a half Ole miss Texas A&M under 55 and a half wake minus three and a half Minnesota Rutgers under 41 Iowa minus 11 Stanford team total under 24 and a half. South Alabama minus nine and a half Miami minus two lock fights between Tom and Danny on Virginia Tech NC state between Tom and Danny on Illinois, Nebraska, UNITY on wake minus three and a half at Louisville lock agreement on notre dame plus two and a half that is a tom danny agreement at, at syracuse a lock agreement on penn state ohio state under 62 again a tom and danny agreement you got uh tom and chip agreements on florida georgia under and tcu west virginia over and a chip and bud agreement on both the pitt north carolina over and the minnesota budgers under Woo! big card big card big card energy right here and you can follow him on Twitter at Tom Fernelli you can follow him at Blood Elliot 3 you can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson gentlemen thank you very much thank you